It's a podcast, and we're doing it again, because I fucking deleted it the first time. You can't rely on me, the host. You can't rely on me, the host. That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that's doing it again, because it deleted it the first time. And what it usually does is talk about famous songs and their many cover versions, and then discuss the, the similarities and differences and all that good stuff. So I'm now we're covering. Always. Oh, I'm interrupting you. Yeah, we are let now me, covering me a again. Cover Me episode that is lost to time. Yes, we are covering ourselves. And I'm your host as always, Jake Cressy, joined by uh, my co-host, a heir to a fast food fortune. Hey, classic joke, Alex Mildenberger. <laughs> is that exactly what I said last time? Because I have burger in my name, but that's not why you said it. No. That's a, I, I, we said that exact anyway. Yes. (laughs) So uh, this week we're talking about Rich Girl again. And uh, to make this more interesting on our end, I'm going to play a drinking game where every time we say Rich Girl, which has been twice now, I'm going to drink. Oh, man. Um, I have some water. You can hear me drink that. Yeah, sure. Give her, Alex. Let me open that bottle. Let me just get the Adam's apple really close to the microphone and just... How the hydration's getting you. And you can join in at home if you're listening and you'd also like to drink. Ugh. Um, you can also apply the standard cover me drinking rules anytime we say instrumentation or let's jump in. Wow, I do, we say instrumentation a lot. We yeah, haven't we even do. been trying to not say that. But, like, why would we? I think that's valid. Yeah, I think it's valid, but, you know, I, I find it's one that I rely on when I, I have nothing else to say. I'm like, the, the instrumentation. Call them sound sticks from now on. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about Rich Girl by Paul and Oates. that beforehand so people don't think we're talking about the Gwen Stefani song that's a cover of the Fiddler on the Roof song even though you sang it kind of yeah that's true um so this was released in 1977 it debuted at number 38 on the Billboard Top 40 um you know when songs debut low on the on the Top 40 I'm always like duh not not that great a song but it's also like the Top 40 of all songs it's not just between 40 songs you know I do know. I do know. But, like, I guess you can be on the top 40 even if you, if you're, like, an old song. That's true. You just have to be super popular at the time. Is there a cut? There's got to be a cutoff. It's just, like, uh, for that month or week or whatever. Yeah, it's, like, within a certain time frame, but you're right. That's why, like, I think Dark Side of the Moon keeps coming back to, like, the top of the charts as an album every so often. And as we discussed, the streaming helps it now, too, so that probably... Right, oh, that's true, so it's it's easier to accrue numbers that way. So it became the first of six number one singles they, that Hall & Oates had on the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, Billboard ranked it the 23rd biggest hit of the year. Now, the number one of that year, as you might recall, was Tonight's the Night, Brackets Gonna Be Alright by Rod Stewart. Right, and which is a much more memorable song than Rich Girl, of course. Naturally. That's, I remember it word for word. And I'll sing it right now tonight's the night gonna be all right and then it's just uh like a real doesn't he say low 
dance bass doesn't for he, five minutes. Doesn't he say parentheses in there at some point? Oh, yeah, you know what? That's the whispered part. Yes. Tonight's the night. Parentheses. Gonna be all right. Cause parentheses. Yep. Yeah, so it took me to the 12th song on Billboard's 23 Biggest Hits of that year to actually recognize one of them, and number 12 was Dancing Queen by ABBA. Which is a song we all know. Yeah. Because we sang it to each other in elementary school and thought it was hilarious that we were calling each other girls. Ha! That's oh, some classic you, comedy. That's okay, you guys did it. We had a... Uh, I actually sang it as part of the choir in, I think, the fourth grade. Which is rough, because when we, we did it at, like, a... At a, like an auditorium for our parents and shit, and then the intro to that one is like, "Here they are, our dancing queens," and I was like, "No, thanks." <laughs> Wait a minute. Nope, everything's fine. Sorry, I keep looking at these settings. God yeah, damn, and and um, and you messed up your harmonies, probably. Probably. Yeah. So. Um. So what I like to sucks, tell people man. about Hall and Oates because it's a great fact is that they first met at the Adelphi Ballroom in Philadelphia in 1967. It's, it's a Adelphi good story. And uh, at the time they met each other was like heading their own musical group. Uh, Daryl Hall is with the Temptones, and uh, John Oates is with the Masters. And they were there for a band competition when gunfire rang out between two rival gangs, and so they tried to escape to the same service elevator. And then they they discovered there that they were interested in the same like kinds of music, and they were actually both attending Philadelphia's Temple University. So they just started hanging out and eventually started living together. And that's where the Hall and Oates name that they hate comes from, because that was on the mailbox on their apartment. H and O, D and J, Daryl and John. And I I don't get why they hate it. It's so much catchier than. Daryl Hall and John. It's Oates. really easy to say Hall and Oates, and it's like it's fewer syllables. I don't know. Maybe it's just because they didn't call like people took to calling them that, and it wasn't like their own decision. So mm. I mean, at this point, you pretty much like what am I not going to refer to them as Hall and Oates? Like I'll go back afterwards, or if I'm feeling silly, I'll call them Daryl and John because that's never not going to be funny. I don't think. Yeah. Um. That's- I'm laughing right now on the inside. It takes For me sure. sometimes. It takes me a while to realize you're being deliberately like obtuse when you do that. <laughs> I'm almost oh, always yeah, being deliberately obtuse. So, um, well, at least you're yeah. aware of it. That's yeah. I guess we'll say that's a, a better. A lot of people are unwittingly obtuse. Bum, 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 bum. What? You heard me. Um. So <laughs> this song, "Rich Girl." Uh, it's gonna be tedious every time i say rich girl yep we're gonna say it a lot although here maybe i'll replace it with what i usually type um typo uh, rich goral does that count (laughs) rich goral if if, yeah if you you put that twang on it whatever accent you got going on and you say rich goral i think yeah you're in the clear so this song is rumored to be about Patty Hearst, the the newspaper heiress, but it's not. The like indoctrinated newspaper heiress that got kidnapped by some terrorists, I think. Yeah. And did some terror. Yeah, and Once or enacted twice? acts of terror. I don't remember the details. Well, it's a not so nice situation, but it's actually about someone else. Yeah, and that someone else is uh, 
Sarah Hall's girlfriend of the time. And that was this was his longtime girlfriend too, Sarah Allen. They didn't break up till like mid two thousands, I think. Which yeah, long time. And I mean, she had a song. They wrote songs together too, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and, and she was the Sarah from Sarah Smile. That's right. And uh, she. It's cool. But yeah, but this so guy she, was not cool. This guy, so she used to date a guy uh, who was an heir to a, a fast food chain fortune. This man, I fucking Victor Walker was his dad's name. He's Victor Walker Jr. And VWJ. Victor Walker Sr. owned uh, the Walker Bros. Pancake Original Pancake House. My personal with, favorite pancake house. Yeah, that chain we all know and love, along yep. with fifteen different KFC franchises. Which is, I mean, I don't even have one KFC franchise, so I guess that's impressive. And that's really like putting all your eggs in one basket. He could have taken something else, but he was like, KFC, that's what the people uh, want. I'm sorry, I believe he would have had to put his eggs in a bucket if it's a uh, KFC. He's yeah. putting all his, all his thighs in, in one bucket. It's just one crispy seasoned bucket. So KFC! The, the, reason, the reason why it's a rich girl and not rich boy, is uh, Daryl Hall says, he told this to Rolling Stone, you can't write, you're a rich boy in a song, so I changed it to girl. I, it's such like a, like just a direct, like, well, you can't do that, obviously, and then just hand wave and move on sort of thing. Like, well, I did yeah. it because I didn't do it because I couldn't do it, of course. Uh, let's talk about something else. Yeah, yeah, pretty dismissive, but he comes Don't back call to me it. Hall. In uh, in an American songwriter, when they interview him about it, and he says, "Rich girl was written about an old boyfriend of Sarah's from college that she was still friends with at the time. His name is Victor Walker. He came to our apartment, and he was acting sort of strange. His father was quite rich. I think he was involved with some kind of a fast food chain." I said, "This guy is out of his mind, but he doesn't have to worry about it because his father's gonna bail him out of any problems he gets in." So I sat down and wrote that chorus. He can rely on the old man's money. He can rely on the old man's money. He's a rich guy. Uh, I thought that didn't sound right, so I changed it to Rich Girl. He knows the song was written about him. I wonder if they just, like, met in the street. It's like, hey, you know Rich Girl? You know that song that's popular? It's about you. It's about you. And the guy was like, ouch, he said. But, you know, as, as in my youth, he was probably mostly offended by, by being called a girl. Yeah, can you, what if he was, like, listening Ooh. to it, too, like, before he knew it was about him? He's like, wow, this is a fucking jam. <laughs> Just, like, windows rolled down on his car. He's like, you're a rich girl! <laughs> and then Daryl Hall rolls up and's like, hey, fucking VWJ, I got news for you, buddy. Buddy? Bro? What a, what a bummer that would be. Alex, if this song was about you, how would you take it? Like, right now. Honestly, I would be flattered that the like this is a good song mm-hmm. i would be a little upset that you know someone said that about me but really it's a pretty solid song so yeah, i, I i'd be i'd be first. flattered someone but thought i would eventually be like telling name. people about it like you know this song it's about me I'd be like uh, it hates me great great <laughs> says i'm entitled imagine Someone get me another glass of champagne. 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 Bilbo Baggins. Um, Baggins. They, they rhyme. Uh, 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 Alex, do I have anything else to say about the background of this song? Yes, I do. Several years later, 
actually, I want to see if you can remember this fact. Okay. Alex, um, what do you think I'm going to say? Several years later, he would uh, say that he felt bad. I'll give you a hint. The about... hint is murder. Oh, oh shit! I remember this one. Yeah, I was going. I was just gonna make something up. Um, there was a guy who murdered some people, and then he was like, "Yeah, I murdered some people because of this song." I forget what the guy. He had a like p- punchy name, and then and then Hollow Notes wrote a song about that guy mm-hmm. called like "Hey, Don't Murder People," something <laughs> like that. Pretty fucking close, Alex. Yeah. So uh, Hall read an interview with David Berkowitz, the son of Sam Killer, which is a like a famous serial killer in New York who was responsible for uh, like what they, enacting what they called Son of Sam laws, where criminals are not allowed to profit off of their crimes, mm-hmm. generally through forms of like releasing tell-all books and shit like that. So, yeah, Berkowitz claimed that Rich Girl had motivated him to murder, although the song was not released until after the murders had already begun. Um, and Hall & Oates later reflected on this disturbing fact in the lyrics of the song, Diddy Doo-Wop, brackets, I Hear Voices, from the album Voices. And then they named the entire album kind of after that song. Yeah. In like a hot space sort of way. It's, or it's an any album thing where... too, because yeah. uh, David Berkowitz was, like, he basically played at Madness. Like, he tried to convince people that his neighbor's dog was a demon that had convinced him to murder people. And then, but when they actually put him under psychoanalysis, he was, like, completely mentally stable. He was just trying to get in, like, out of jail time or whatever. Yeah, like an he was insanity just trying to, to game the system. Just like in Batman Begins. Batman Begins, yeah. Kind Is that what happens in Batman Begins? I think so. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Or no, it's not really like that. Like, it's sort of like that. That's what they think is happening, I think, at first. But then Scarecrow is actually just using people to experiment yeah. on. Is that it? It's been, a long, so. I, it's been a long time. I kind of forget the Batman plot of Batman Begin. Begins. I I watched it probably, oh geez, like twelve years ago, maybe longer. Twelve years ago, shit, man. And I haven't seen it since. It's been a long time. All I remember that movie mostly is watching it in theaters, and then at the end, like there's that scene with Commissioner Gordon and Batman, and it's like, "Dad, look at this. He left this calling card," and like it's the Joker, right? And I, like, we're leaving the theater. I tell my dad, I'm like, I think they're going to make a sequel. He's like, the sequel's already out, idiot. And he's talking about, like, the Tim Burton movies. (laughs) Sweet. That's an interesting interaction. (laughs) Like, we're seeing this in a theater. Yeah, I'm like, you think they made a prequel for the the Tim Burton Batman films? I mean, uh, there's a lot of Batman batmans so i I can understand the confusion especially at the time before you know all this all this uh superhero continuity and stuff was Mm -hmm. was common but that's kind of an extreme reaction yeah he didn't in in his defense i don't think he called me an idiot he didn't say it it that exactly but it's clearly implied that i was foolish for thinking that it it probably seemed extreme when you were whatever age when this movie came out yeah and uh as things do all right. As things do. So, um, let's talk about the lyrics for this hit song, Alex, right. called Rich called Girl. Rich Girl. So, it's about uh, a rich guy uh, that's, or that's something. Correct. Already, um, our expectations are subverted. Yeah, amazing. Amazing. H H N O. H N O. 
HNO. How do we even know if they've gone too far at this point? Like, we don't even know if they're a girl or not. Are they even rich? Everything's up in the air. Well, we're about to find out. They can. They, clearly, there's money they can rely on. So, uh, and then he and then he calls her a bitch. He a little bit call, more. It takes a long time for him to call her a bitch. Well, it's still in the first, like the first chorus that comes. The in. The first chorus, he says, "It's, it's a, a bitch. bitch." True. He doesn't say. Well, that's quite different, Alex. He, he doesn't say you're a rich bitch girl. Um, no, so yeah, he does say end. bitch a few more times than I thought in this song because I thought he yeah. just repeated rich a couple times instead uh, for some of the later ones, but like not that much more, but a bit more. Yeah. So you're a rich girl and you've gone too far because you know it doesn't matter anyway. It don't matter anyway, rather. You can rely on the old man's money. You can rely on the old man's money. This one has pretty much already been explained, but it's like just in what we've been talking about. But it's this person is affluent, and mm-hmm. the, the wealth of their father allows them to sort of act out and push, push the envelope, as it were, and not see any consequences from it. Right. And they've... Uh, pushed past something clearly he says it's gone too far um mm-hmm. but it still don't doesn't matter um so he says it's gone too far for him anyway so he doesn't maybe respect this person anymore but like they're still gonna be fine just because nothing matters for them yeah, yeah. and so i think this is their their regular behavior is to go too far maybe setting up normal social boundaries as the things that they're pushing past going too far beyond and he's saying you do that because you know it doesn't matter to you. It's a bitch, girl. It's a bitch, girl. Girl. But it's gone too far. Because, you know, it don't matter anyway. Same money, but it won't get you too far. It gets you too far. Yeah, and then he gets all high and mighty in his verse. No, not really. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah it's, it's really this story. It told in, told in, a, in a kind of punchy, catchy way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the the idea of because you can say money, but it won't get you too far. Uh, seems to suggest that, like, if somebody their solution to everything is money, right? Yeah, they just throw throw down some throw down some dollars. Yeah, but it won't get you trying too to far solve their problems. But it's like it's not gonna work on me. I can see past your 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 sparkly golden dollar eyes sign eyes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's uh, specifically a personal one, if he's saying it won't get you past me, or if he's saying, like, big picture-wise, Right, at the end of the day, at the shit. end of the day, yeah. it's not going to work out forever, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But clearly, he sees past it. Yeah, absolutely. So then, yeah, you're right, he gets, he gets on the preaching side in the, in the first verse here, where he says, don't you know, don't you know, that it's wrong to take what is given you. So far gone, on your own. You can get along if you try to be strong, but you'll never be strong. Why? Because you're a rich girl. And yeah. You're too far. <laughs> too busy yeah, singing this song to talk about it half the time. Um, mm. Because, uh, again, it's a fucking jam. Yeah, this song is a jam. And I can't stop so, jamming. So song. he says that there is a solution here. There is a in, solution. First verse. You can get along if you try to be strong. But you'll you never suck. be strong. So it's not going to yeah. happen. Like if you actually took the took the time, made the effort to be a strong person, like strong of character, I, maybe your richness wouldn't be such a problem. But you won't do it, you piece of shit. Yeah, you piece of shit. It don't matter. And anyway. that's that's the first verse. Mm-hmm. And then in the second verse, he says, "High and dry, out of the rain." 
It's so easy to hurt others when you can't feel pain. Which is to say that this person, due to their to the insul insulation of their fortune, doesn't feel hardship or any kind of pain, and they still they act out against others from this position of power. Right, they're they're just way high above people. They they can't even see them anymore, so it doesn't really matter. I I do kind of like this metaphor of of the rain, where they're mm -hmm. kind of avoiding hardships because they're they're high and dry. They don't need like they're covered. Yeah. Yeah, Which I think both the imagery. words high and dry and then compared to rain give you such a, yeah. a clear contrast of this person versus everyone else. Because they're just kind of protected and sheltered. Yeah, exactly. And like high, they're removed from everyone else. Everybody and else is on the ground floor. Everybody else is getting rained on. They're above the clouds, which is like mm -hmm. so much higher. You got to be really high to be above the clouds. Exactly. And don't so, you know that a love can't grow? Because there's too much to give because you'd rather live for the thrill of it all? Oh. Yeah. Break, and break that down for me, Alex. Yeah, I feel like we talked about this last time, but I'm trying to remember what we said exactly. Because uh, we say uh, love can't grow because there's too much to give. Because the love can't grow because they need to give more, but they're not willing to give yeah. more. That's what we said? That sounds about right. That's definitely one way. I wonder if the other way is that the other person in a relationship would have to give too much. Because yeah. the rich yeah. girl is too busy living for the thrill of it all. Totally. I think it's like same idea. Like, like the, because effort has to go into it, they're not willing to put the effort in. So, it, because everything is cheap thrills. Mm-hmm. In the back of my car. Nice little, nice little Frank Zappa reference for you. Yeah, a, a little Frank Zappa reference. And then is that... That is until we get to the outro where he says, you're a rich bitch girl. That's yeah. it for individual lines. Yes, and that line, I think, um, just, like, he's really trying to have, like, it's it's really, like, a, he's got this, this imagery, and you can really just just feel somehow, just effervescently, that he thinks she's a bitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she is a bitch. A rich bitch. A rich bitch. Which He's actually rhyme. a dude. Yeah. Which, I mean, I, I call guys uh, bitches all the time. Always. For sure. I prefer bitch as a, as a non-gendered um, word. Personally, yeah, I, but it's... I, I call myself a bitch all the time. For sure. For sure. It's a great self-descriptor. Um, and, yeah, I think it's... But, I mean, obviously there's still some... Some history there, so it's not totally devoid of certain No, but you but know what he does? Is he gets everyone on his side first through the through the description the entirety of the song. Yes, and then we're like, yes, she is a bitch, or they are a bitch. Yeah, mm. he, he he takes us there in steps because he's like, the situation is a bitch at first. It's a bitch, girl, and you're like, duh. Yeah, so I can agree to that. The the concept of bitch, something yeah. being like a, a situation being a bitch, which is a um. Apparently been around longer than I thought, because this is from the 70s. Mm-hmm. And for some and reason, then, based on my upbringing, I just assumed cursing didn't exist before, like, 2005? Yeah. Which... 2005. I don't know how my parents pulled that off, but they did. Um, 
Yeah, that's pretty impressive on their part. Yeah. Didn't you see Shrek? Isn't there cursing in that? No, I was familiar with the idea of cursing, but I was like, no, nah, this isn't a thing people do, for sure. And I was so wrong. Yeah, I, I was under the belief that most people did not curse. And then, like, going out into, like, the workplace? Holy shit. Like, oh, me yeah, right man. now? Holy shit. People fucking swear out there. Yeah. It's everywhere, man. I mean, how how else, like... How else are you going to quote Happy Gilmore? That's right. That's that's why that's why um 7th grade 7th grade me started swearing cuz I wanted to Rick quote Happy sorry. Gilmore to people and I couldn't if I didn't say shit and I was like, "Oh no." <laughs> so then I, like I uh yeah, turned over a new leaf, let's say. I just started Anyway, cussing. little history for you. Flipped your hat backwards and you're like, "Yeah, I cuss now." Yeah. Shit. You know. I cuss and I catch them all. <laughs> That's what you do. All right. Okay. Let's talk about the instrumentation. Woo! So it starts with this uh, closed hi-hat and, like, a uh, electric piano. Yeah, just boom. doing these little boom, 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 kind of thing on yeah. that EP, and it's cool. Real sparse, and you just get, mm-hmm. you know, Daryl Hall cutting through the mix with them vocals. Yeah, and he's got that high voice. He's been called yes. a very good singer. I can't mm-hmm. remember the quote anymore, but there was a quote about someone being like, I worked with him in the studio, and he was such a good guy at doing the singing, he said. I think, yeah, I think I remember that. It went a little like this. He's a good singer, and he's going somewhere, because you know he sings really well. Yeah, Is that it? that's the one. Man, nice. All right. So that's Daryl Hall, uh, yeah. his high vocals. Uh, he, there, he does a chorus on that, like, low down thing, and then they kind of jump right into that next bit where, uh, where everything kind of soars. Well, actually, I say jump right in, but there's actually a transition. Where there's this like repeated F where they just go ding 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 like yeah that's where the guitar rhythm. comes in right yeah that's the guitar part and yeah it brings us in there's there's some claps and toms there as well that's kind of yeah that's that like build up and then suddenly it's like boom strings yeah it starts that's, so that like string section comes in and you're like whoa yeah it starts so like low down like it's pretty subdued at first for that first verse and then. It just, like, brings it way up, and the strings, I believe, stay throughout. Yeah, and for being, like, a, a diss track, this thing is very, like... Like, catchy and kind of positive yeah. Sounding. Yeah, really, like, you listen to it, and you're like, yeah, Rich, like, I don't think I knew it was so, like, harsh for the mm-hmm. for the a, a long time listening to it as a young person. Yeah, because it's a soft hit, but it's a, it's a long hit, you know? He's the open palm instead of the closed fist. Sure, yeah, that makes it that makes it better. Um yeah, uh, the bass is doing some work in the back. It's kind of moving around. Yes, I really like um the it's like around like 122, 144. There's like a sound the the bass does that's really kind of exciting is that where, where it goes like real low there it's like it just kind of makes this other like like sound i like it like just briefly it's kind of doing mm-hmm. something and it does this like i don't know i'm sure it's called something but uh i don't know and that is uh the bassist which is our old friend not old friend really uh but a session musician by the name of scott edwards 
What else do we know him from? Um, well, he oh, possibly yeah, 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 yeah. the song "I Will Survive" by Gloria Gaynor. Uh, but it's right a bit of a it, there's a bit of a conflict there because apparently there's another guy um, who I'm trying to find in this Eddie Watkins allegedly claimed to have played on "I Will Survive" and he says he played on that album, but not I Will Survive, because, like, I played on I Will Survive. This is Scott Edwards on his website, scottedwardsmusic.com. Has an entire page dedicated to proof that I played on I Will Survive. And he's got, there's a video you can find on on YouTube. But he played on uh, a couple songs that uh, I know some of, probably. He also played on Sarah Smile and some other Hollow Notes songs. And, uh, let's see, some Stevie Wonder. He played a Stevie Wonder for a while. Right. And, uh... Glenn Campbell, Rhinestone Cowboy. That's a song that um, I've definitely heard the name of, but don't really know. Yeah. Uh, some T-Rex. Oh, fuck yeah. And uh, Tom Waits. So he's been around for a long time. Played on a lot of, a lot of hit songs as a bass player. But apparently yeah, there's one controversy. <laughs> and I Will Survive. Was it him? Was it someone else? Who knows? It's, I'm an Eddie Watkins truther. Yeah. Eddie Watkins all along. Scott Edwards is just I don't know. He he the video was staged. Oh if you oh, guys shit. have an opinion. If you click on, for the uh, video, it downloads a, a file to your computer. Cool. Uh, yeah, a virus. Yeah, so uh <laughs> yeah, I now have a virus entitled Gloria. Dot WMV. So yeah, it's a Windows movie file. Yeah, that's nice. That's cool. Yeah, that website, Scott Edwards Base or whatever, looks like it was made in 1995, right? Yeah, that's an old website. But, but as I if recall, look... it has a thing that says it was updated like this year. Yeah, 425. Oh. 19. So, you know, more to come later. His phone number's on here. Nice. You should call him. Should be like, hey, Scott, quick question. Just about Gloria Gaynor. How would she? Yeah, I'd she call him and be like, nice to work with. why are you lying about playing the bass line on <laughs> I Will Survive? And then, yeah, that'd be, let's try, let's, okay, we're not going to do that right now, uh, because we're not that kind of show, but we could. I really do. Do we want to be that kind of show? Who does the telephone number link to? Is it actually, like, direct line to him, or is it an agent? I, it's It's probably an agent or something, but he says my phone number is, if you'd like to contact me. Would like to contact him. I would kind of like to contact him. We'll get <laughs> to it. Social calls, anyway. Yeah, that's gonna be our, uh, our uh, bonus episode, a special, yeah, exactly. very special episode. We call Scott Edwards and ask him why he's lying about playing bass on "I Will Survive." See if that lasts an hour and a half. See if that lasts more than a minute. Yeah. Feel a lot of beeping and and us laughing for a while. Yeah. All right, so that's um, yeah, that's a fun baseline. That is a fun baseline. String section, we covered that. Yep. Um, there's like the guitar is either very sparse or very quiet or both on this. Yeah, I think it kind of plays a bit throughout, but it's mostly it's a lot of those strings. Yeah. And like the you can really hear the bass, and I think and some piano too. There is some piano. I don't want to miss the piano, but it's all kind of part of the that everything sound that is just everywhere. Yeah. And some, you know, there's there's lots of big backup vocals, so it does get pretty big. And it's a fairly short song, too. It's less than two and a half minutes long. That's right. So, like, and there's really two sections. Like, there's the intro, and then it goes into the 
the rest of it. You know, and then the ending kind of has some, some like ad libbing and stuff. Yeah, because it's that fade out ending. Yeah, we just kind of says rich, rich, but rich bitch girl, I guess. Yeah, I think because if you like, if we could listen past the fade out, it would just eventually be uh, Daryl Hall saying bitch like like ten bitch, times bitch, in a row. Bitch, 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 like, bitch, uh, bitch. The ending of of roses. Crazy bitch. Crazy bitch. Oh, dumbass bitch, yeah. It's a dumbass bitch. Like, just a crazy bitch, bitch. bitch, bitch. Just bitch. Yeah, so it'll just yeah. become that. Speaking of not a bitch, should we talk about the first cover of this yeah, song? Yeah, let's, let's do some covers. That's what we're here <laughs> for, isn't it? So we're here to talk about covers. And the first cover we're talking about is Nina Simone in 1978. Oh, High Priestess of Soul. That's right. Was that on? That was like on her website, I think. Let me just pull that up real quick. Because I think there's like an estate. She has like her official. Yeah, that's that's her website. Uh, Website's claim. And you can like right. book a tour of her childhood home. And there's a Nina Simone weekend. You can. And Lisa Simone is performing her mother's signature songs with the Tribe Jazz Orchestra. Oh yeah, I remember this now because yeah. I I said that she should hang out with Dweezil Zappa, and they should talk about performing their parents' music. Yeah, and living in the shadow of their parents. Yeah, I believe you good, also said a good topic. So full credit to you on that statement. Sweet. Also, shout out to Moon Unit for keeping her name. Yeah, that's quite a name. <laughs> And Just also, I think being on How I Met Your Mother, like, once... Yeah, she absolutely was. Yeah. So, I don't remember who she was, but... But she was there. She was there. Mm. So, yeah, this is uh, Nina Simone, the high priestess of soul, American singer, songwriter, musician, arranger, and civil rights activist. Her music spanned a broad range, broad range of musical styles, including classical, jazz, blues, folk, R&B, gospel, and pop. That's good American music. Yeah, so this one's got some, like, it's got, like, a descending bass line that does some popping on it. No slap, but it does, like, pop the the strings. Right, yeah, the bass line kind of has, is it, like, fifths here? Yeah, Once the I bass comes in, which is after right. a little intro. There's a little intro section first, and then she starts singing You're Rich Girl. Mm-hmm. And it goes, like, bam, 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 like, I think that's fifths. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I believe that's fifths. Yeah, so it starts out with just like a nice piano thing with some some percussion shit going on in the background. It's just like which sounds pretty nice. It's got mm-hmm. a little more of that, I guess, like jazz soul feeling. Yeah, that I... definitely that kind of vibe coming off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's more guitar in this. It's just doing little little stings. Well, that's right. Fact, I think it's it's that root fifth pattern as well. Sorry, I'm trying to find it. Just like, you know, in the first like twenty seconds. Oh, first twenty. Or am I, am I mistaking a electric um, keys or something there? 
No, I think there is. I think it is involved, but it's like the sting kind of on the like. So it's like yeah, playing exactly. that second part. Which I called it. 100%. Yeah, and then like, and then she comes in. She's doing her singing. Um, Excuse me. Uh, she's doing mm-hmm. her singing, and she's like a contralto, which is, I think, fairly low. Okay, yeah. Like alto. Fairly low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, uh, she's like, alto? No, 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 no. I'm going to be the opposite no. of that. That's what that means, for sure. Yeah. Um, And then, in the first chorus, it kind of, the guitar keeps playing that with the bass, and it almost sounded like, like, skank-like to me, which is that, like, accented two and four that, that is present in, uh, like, reggae music. Yeah. Yeah, it's not... It's not really that, but it kind of has a, has a similar it's doing it's a similar that. thing. It doesn't really yeah. feel that way though. It doesn't feel like a reggae song to me. It's not skanking. It's not like skank skanking. No, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, we get the big the big chorus on when they say you can rely. You can rely on the old man's money. It's oh like, right, all the other singers come in. Oh uh, yeah. Is it just like for a second? Is that this one? No, they no. stick with it for both. They come stronger on the first one than the second one. Okay, okay. And uh, she changes it from money, what? Because it's the original line is money. You can uh, say money. Well, money won't get you too far. No, wait, hang on. I'm getting confused here. It's say money, but it won't get you too far. She says money, money won't get you too far. Which is what I thought it was originally. Personally, yeah. That's I thought what it was Monet, Monet. Monet, Monet, like a pony, something lyrics. Isn't it just Moni Moni after that? He says like something about a pony, I swear. Yeah, he says like a pony, and then he says Moni Moni. Oh, he just keeps saying Moni Moni? Yeah. yeah, that sounds about right. Thanks, Tommy James, for making it easy to sing along to songs. Yeah, that's No one right. could sing along before Tommy James came along, and the sh- him right. and the Shondells were like... What if we just said the same thing again? Then people could say it too. And we were like, <laughs> what? Damn, we don't have to work as hard at concerts. And yeah, and, and no one ever before that used repetition in music. Amazing. Amazing. No. Uh, so it was tough because everybody only knew 12 notes. Yeah. And they were like, well, these songs have to be no longer than this. And that's without chords. Whoa. <laughs> so thanks, Tommy. So yeah, money, money won't get you too far. Um, I think there's a tambourine hooked up to the hi hat. It's gotta be playing at the same time. Yeah. Or pretty regularly. I mean, if it's not hooked up physically, it's hooked up metaphysically. Mm-hmm. Through music. Oh, another line change is instead of uh out of the rain, which is high and dry, have a little rain. Yeah, just have a little rain, man. Just take some rain. You want some rain? Providing some rain? the cure. Take some rain. To the problem of being high and dry. Oh, I see. She's presenting a possible solution. Like, maybe if you had a little rain, you wouldn't have to worry about it. Yeah, it's maybe you'd be less of a fucking bitch. A rich bitch. A rich bitch, girl. Yeah, so this is like a good, good, smooth soul version. There's also like a little guitar solo in it, too. Which has got a cool, like, rounded... I thought it might be flanger, but it's oh, not. Yeah. I, I figured out it's not. I don't I don't know what the effect is called, but it kind of goes like... 
Like it's really got that. I don't know something to do with filters and. It I sounds cool. It sounds it is, cool. It's a good little guitar solo. That's what I I'm think. Saying it's it's not flanger. It's not flanger. Not flanger's field. In flanger's fields. The rock um, and roll. Um, rock and roll. Let's talk about the next cover, Alex. This yeah. is a good transition to yes. talk about Michelle Great. and Vittorio Vergeet. Or maybe Marshall and Alexander? You're a rich girl, and you've gone too far, cause you know we don't matter anyway. You can rely on the old man's money. You can rely on the old man's money. He's a bitch girl, but he's gone. Yeah. Because that's who's on yeah, the cover right, of the album. It's on the album cover. So this is in 2006. And yeah, I don't think this is Vittorio Virgit, the Swiss metal guitar player slash vocalist. Vocalist? Because this is like a very acoustic, smooth jam version. Yeah, this is like, Ita is, is this Italo pop? I mean, Umberto Tozzi's on this album. That's right. So, like, in a different song. So, I don't know how this all works out, but it's, it's Italian. It's pop. I think... Uh, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's, I'll, it's I'll fairly... tell you this. If you took out like every other instrument but just that acoustic guitar at the beginning, this would be a wedding version of this song. You think the acoustic guitar makes it less wedding-like? No, I think it makes it more wedding. Take everything else out but keep the guitar. Oh, sorry, I got it backwards. You got it backwards. I'm starting to wonder about my, well, it's not reading comprehension, but, you know, general comprehension? Falling apart, man. All right, so there's these Italian guys. That I think I can get. They appear to be two Italian guys singing the song. Singing it as like a duet. They do some harmonizing. Yeah, but I think it also might be Michelle singing it one could of the parts. Be, there's she, I checked her part. Spotify, and she does have a lower voice. Okay. So then, who is Marshall? I don't know. Who is Alexander? It's, these are questions no one has answers to. No, least of all, Michelle. Whoever Do you think Michelle there's some phenomenal musician of our time who is never going to get recognized because he just doesn't understand, like, marketing at all? Probably. Do you think it's me? No, I'm kidding. kidding it's definitely you. So, yeah, I would say the, the, the backup vocalist on this is Michelle because she has that sort of deeper female voice. But It does then, have that sound to it, yeah. And then I think the male voice is uh, Marshall. Maybe Marshall and Alexander are Saiyans, and they performed a fusion, and they fuse into Vittorio Vergeet. Yeah. Although I would expect it to be like Marshander Shalix or something like that. But that's good, too. Yeah, well, maybe if you flip that upside down... Then it becomes Vittorio Vergeet? That's right. <laughs> Okay. No, I can see that because an A flips upside down and like the thing falls out. Yeah. Okay. All right. All, yeah. right. All right. And like an M. <laughs> yeah. Like... The bridge in the A gets shaken out as it flips. <laughs> yeah. Well, A's are notoriously just flimsy letters, really. So, yeah. That's why it's the first letter of the alphabet. They have to get it out of the way, or it'll just fall apart. That's right. It can't be squished by all mm -hmm. those other letters. Yeah. So, um, so there's almost a Bolton, Michael Bolton-esque quality to how the main guy's singing here. It is a little bit of that. It's very, like, easy listening? Is it easy listening? I don't know. It's easy to listen to. Yeah. I would agree to that. Um, it's, like, kind of maybe an older style of, like, 
almost operatic singing like but not operatic but like like classical i i I think. Yeah, it's like taking it's, borrowing that operatic element and putting yeah. it in a more pop field, right? Yeah, it seems more closer to that kind of a thing, as like a guy standing up just like in a tux, or a woman, I guess, um, on a stage just in front, like not as like a pop performance, but as just singing, you know, the song with mm-hmm. whatever like kind of classical technique. And so this song's got a bit of like jazzy piano in it. It's got that acoustic car- guitar we talked about. Some, some it's a bit of an... sorry, sorry, man. No, it's a bit. I of didn't what? mean to interrupt you. No, you're good. I finished, and then you apologized. Oh shit! There's also an organ or an EP. Mm-hmm. I think there's definitely like an organ where it does this like glissando. Or like I'm trying to find it. Shit, can't find it. But you can kind of hear it at the end of the intro, where like that the organ starts to play. Where they're like, don't you know, and like hold these big notes. Hang on. Oh, I almost heard it. Oh, yeah, it's doing that sweep up, right? That bleep? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, 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 pushing forward this one like we said it's an easy listening track it's i actually kind of like it it's not bad track by any means no no certainly not um yeah also a bit of a joe cocker vibe on those vocals too a bit yeah less like gruff rough sounding but i can see that Mm. where it's like a little deeper and yeah thinking about like uh uh, what is that the beatles cover called a little help little help for my friends yeah where he kind of did that and added like a chorus and like look friends because yeah, ringo didn't have in any vein. in the beatles <laughs> that's for sure that's for damn sure um, um uh, am. yeah the choir like there is that choir coming in and it comes kind of in and out like uh like the first time they join in on like the ends of lines uh but sometimes they don't come in again for yeah. a bit but then later on they stay you know that kind of yeah situation. and then near the end we get uh like people kind of trading off and then there's uh we get that whistling segment which is i think maybe the highlight of this piece that yeah the whistling is pretty cool but i mean if you want to talk highlights there's yeah. another point let me hang on let me find it again Hit me with it. uh right right at like 240 where it goes oh yeah that was a dank sound yeah makes a little sound because i heard it on the last playthrough but i'm going to do it again that's at the fake that's like right at the end of the fake right there's a fake ending because they like cut down entirely and then a few seconds later they they do come back in and there's like i called it a a keys solo. it's not really a solo they just come in with like some drums and like the piano plays yeah, it's just like an instrumental breakdown yeah. segment, and then yeah. the whistling comes in, and then a really deep down low bass voice actually starts doing some of the lyrics too. Yeah, who I I assume was one of the backup vocalists from before, but maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. And yeah, and then you get the the female singing as well. And yeah, so it's like another take on this like this song that has attitude but doesn't necessarily display that as. Uh, as bluntly in the instrumentation and like how it's performed 
Right. It's definitely a, a quite different take. It it just feels more uh whatever this is. It's like that, it's a genre you know that shit. picture of Kermit the Frog drinking like iced tea. Sure. It's like that. It's like the the audio version of that. The audio version of that song? Of the like but that's none of my business meme? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all right. So he like he goes off whistling at the end, right? He's like, "Listen, you're a rich girl. You're never gonna be a fucking better than that because you don't try." And I'm gonna go now. And we are also going to go to the next song, which is Everclear. <laughs> after everybody's favorite kind of liquor yes we all love very high alcohol percentages god do we ever we sure like do that. so this is um a, this is a, a punk rock version this is a american rock band form in portland now i seem to recall you telling me last time alex that it's basically just one founding member now yeah they're down to just kind of the last guy who's keeping it going uh, they've been through a lot of drummers. They're Spinal Tap esque in their in their drummer supply, I guess. And uh, he kind of started. I think they sort of broke, bro- dissolved the band, and uh, and he started going as a solo artist. This Art Alex Alexakis 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 guy. Um, and he was solo for a while, but then started using the Everclear name again. Uh, I I assume just for recognition. I don't know if their music changed in any significant way or not. That's the thing that always seems odd to me is when you know bands do that and and they're just complete. I mean, obviously there's the there's the like extreme example of like Jefferson Starship of like right. the band changed so much and at least they changed the name of it or or later. Um, Velvet Underground, when they just had no original members, and they were trying to hang on and play as oh, the yeah, Velvet Underground. It was just the one, I think the bassist who came in, like, two or three albums in. Not e- Yeah, but yeah, it wasn't even, like, an original mm-hmm. bassist. It was just, like, someone who joined, and then, like, Lou Reed wasn't there. Like, and it's like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, it was just such a, a falsehood to call it that. Was, but uh, this is not quite this. This is more like a solo project that has a name that didn't start as a solo project. Yeah, really. Uh, this is and now look, it's as we go through these songs and I'm remembering conversations we had. Right. And because we brought up the uh, what's the ship that is like replaced piece the by ship piece. Of Theseus. Yes. Yes. And then then it, yeah, it raises the question like, what is the is like is it the same ship? What is the nature? of that ship yeah i feel like almost that ship that ship like to me in in a situation of like a band the answer is no it is not the same band (laughs) but Mm -hmm. that's that's my opinion and it's pretty strong because sometimes ship of thesis you're like oh clever is it the same but like this is like no they're just calling it the same thing it's just a bunch of different people yeah i would agree with that a completely different creative group like i don't know but then i would ask the question if a band breaks up and then comes back together, are they still the same band? Ooh. I'd say yes. If they're the same people. Even, I mean, anytime 
you travel through time, you're influenced by your experiences or whatever. True, but what about a band like Pink Floyd? They've had kind of replacements throughout the years. That's the only true. original member is Nick Mason, the drummer. Which is pretty wild. And that's just, like, there have been different uh, iterations of that band. So I guess mm-hmm. with that one, it's like, it's it gets so messed up. And you can't say, like, it's hard to say that Piper at the Gates of Dawn, Pink Floyd, is the same as Dark Side of the Moon, Pink Floyd even though they're the same band. So I would say that those aren't the same anyway. Right. So to, so if like they do come back together with whoever, you kind of have to decide. It's, it's yeah, it's super tough to say, mm-hmm. but you do. I'm going to ask another question. Okay. Because while we're on this roll, right. what if, uh, so like when Van Halen reforms, like Sammy Hagar's Van Halen versus... Uh, David Lee Ross Van Halen versus right. when the the Van Halen kid joined Van Halen. Like, are those all Van Halen, or should they have distinct names? I don't know. I mean, it doesn't really matter that they call themselves the same thing, but it's not the same thing. You know, you just, I just kind of have to acknowledge that. I think. Right. You don't necessarily have to have like a disclaimer or anything, but I don't know. It it's just I don't think it is the same thing. Do you have to do, like, when they started making Super Mario Bros. for the DS, and they were like, new Super Mario new. Bros. Uh, is there a band that did that? Like, the all-new, whatever. Like, the I new mean, there's Ghostbusters. There's a band called The Brand New, I think, or maybe it's just Brand New, but that was always their name, so... So, okay. So their original name was just nothing at all? Yeah. And then they came back together, and they're like, well, let's call ourselves The Brand New. You know? Yeah. That name. So that being said, Everclear, they do a, a like a punk rock cover of this. We get electric organ, the vocals to start, along with this uh kind of bright guitar riff. Well a lot of distortion on it, but it's this boom 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 down. Yeah, yeah. It's really just that interplay between the sort of organ and the guitar. It's sort of doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Pretty distorted. Coming with some drums, this guy is singing. I think it's Art Alexakis. Yeah. His singing is like if you took, um, I don't know, Tim Timebomb and just kind of like watered it down. Yeah, and like, I you'd probably have to auto-tune it too, because Tim Timebomb, I think, it's pretty gruff sounding and like, he doesn't do like vocal range a whole lot. No, he's very, uh, very consistent or static, you might say. Yeah, we'll call it consistent. That's a, that's a good one. Um, and I mean, this one really made me think about like, cause it's a little more punky or at least pop punky. Um, just that kind of punk attitude of like, not even just punk, but like everyone, I guess, uh, of just like, hey, rich people suck, right? We don't like those. Mm-hmm. We don't like those. Things. Yeah, definitely there is more of a a class warfare element, if we want to call it that. Yeah, and maybe that's just me assigning that because of the context. But that's that's the feeling I get from no, this one. I, I would argue that's the power of genre is to bring out certain themes more than other. True. I would say the original sounds very personal, and given the string instrumentation and stuff, I would say... Like, Hall, or the narrator of Rich Girl in the original, whoever we want to call it, is right. not necessarily a low-class individual. 
Right. I'd he's say he's just... probably middle class or even like like upper middle class if we want to tier it like that. He's just talking shit about about a, a richer person. Mm-hmm. And I think some of that has to do with the instrumentation of strings, just the smoothness of his voice. Like, he sounds like a well-put-together person, even if he's not this rich girl, right? Right, this one has more of sort of a gruffness to it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. more raw. His vocals, if not necessarily gruff, do come off as sort of young. Yeah, and, okay, yeah, and definitely. And in that almost adolescent scent that a lot of pop punk actually appeals to. Right, it's so. kind of got that, like, affect of, like, yeah, don't you know? Like, that sound, that does make me think of young people, rightly mm-hmm. or otherwise. So, yes, I definitely get so, yeah. that feeling. Uh, yeah, I would agree with your analysis that it brings us to a more, more class-based version of Rich Girl. Right, and the other thing about this one to me is... um. Like, the mixing is a little muddier. So, it, mm. and I think that's maybe another part of it, too. It's not, like, awful, but it's kind of the right time to have, like, fairly loud mixing and, like, compressed um, stuff going on. So, yeah, I found it a little difficult to pick out the parts when listening to yeah, it. Yeah, you're 100% right. Yeah. Until it gets to the breakdown, which is just the same as the intro. Yeah, when there's just, like, less stuff. Yeah. And the other thing about this one is, whoop, 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 sorry, mouse leg. Um, I found like in terms of the music, it's it's a little more. There's a little more of a break between the the verses and the choruses. Yeah, I think so. Like, cause like in the original, like you space? have the the sort of through line of like the strings and stuff, whereas right. this one like has a particular riff that it plays during the chorus and then like goes bigger in the verses yeah it's sort of that repeated f again isn't it just on the guitar it's like that oh yeah you're talking yeah 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 it's not like a ton but yeah i do i do feel like there's a bit more of a break yeah it is more i'd say segmented than perhaps the strings allow for smoother transitions Probably, and I mean, it's 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 rougher, so there's there's more of a break between the sections. It makes sense. It kind of all works together as that like pop punk thing. Yeah, it's uh like it, honestly, if there wasn't another punk version in this playlist, I'd probably like this one a bit more. But as it stands, there's I think a better version of this. Yeah, and it also, hang on, oh, I almost said sneeze. I think I'm, I think the sneeze is gonna die. Oh, yep, there it goes. You know um, what? I think this one stands perfectly between uh, Down with Webster, who we're about to talk about, and Tim Timebomb. Yeah, it's it's, and, and like all point. the things I do and don't like about both of those, like, <laughs> but like lesser of mm-hmm. kind of turned down. Yeah, which we will now talk about Down with Webster. other in years why don't you join me for a couple of beers clint cheers down with webster in the year 2009 the canadian rap rock fucking group from toronto probably i like to blame these things on ontario generally yeah um shout out to greta who is in toronto at the moment for the c and e hop on down to street dogs and say hello to her say hello get a get a foot of hot dog 
Let's see. Uh, this one's actually street dogs, so oh. it's not a foot long hot not dog. Foot but long. you can get. But it's a made of fried cement and asphalt, <laughs> right? That's <laughs> that's why it's called dogs. It's a crunchy hot dog. If you give her the promo code, cover me. You won't get a discount, but she'll know what you're talking about. So that'll be neat. Yeah. So have a conversation. Join the conversation. Join the conversation. To to reference a a thing from a long time from a couple years from ago. A long time ago. Shout out to Cody Johnston. Is it Johnston or Johnson? Johnston. Johnston. That dude fucking does work. He is. He does. He does. He does reference that, and that's why I referenced that. Yep, that's yeah. true. This is all correct. It's just he's a he does a lot of like you know news analysis, like mm-hmm. political news in America. And he's very good at it, but holy shit, that has to be exhausting. It's gotta be. Uh, Which is why we don't do that. Yeah, that's why we do this bullshit show where we talk about the lyrics to Rich Girl, mostly. Yeah, so on that topic, Down With Webster, a rap rock group that formed in 1998, but this happened in 2009. Mm -hmm. Um, They're Canadian. This this was the version that, that my roommate, Nicole, friend of the podcast... Shout out Nicole. Uh, was familiar with when we talked about it. Um, so I guess it's got some popularity. I, I don't know. I, I don't remember this like happening in 2009. Yeah, me neither, but I was very disconnected from, as I am still now, from what's playing on the like the top 40. That's true, but I mean, this one, I guess, wasn't popular enough to sort of percolate through to me. Like, there was an Africa cover that I knew happened, I think around 2011, right. that um, we didn't talk about in our Africa episode. Uh, sorry, Brother Jeremy. We're uh, saving that for Africa, too. Do you mean Brother Jeremy is the name of the group? Or my brother Jeremy, brother, Jeremy. Friend of the podcast. My brother, Jeremy. Your brother, Jeremy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this one this one has a sample of the original. That's what it starts with. A sample yeah. of, the, of the course of the original. And they filter it to make it sound like it's coming through the radio. Yes. And then it, like sort of runs into them singing it too the yeah. singer in their I just, group i just want I to think. backtrack a bit oh sorry i need to mention that these guys were originally formed from a middle school talent show right there's like 10 of them in this band there's so many people in this band and like three of them i think are just rappers yeah and like there's the there's like musicians and then there's a guy who sings and like yeah it's a large group it is. It's large. So they talk about. So they they do the intro with this sample, and then it comes into fucking. What comes after the intro? Uh, well, he asks. He says, "We haven't seen each other in years. Um, can Clink I join you for a cheers. couple of beers?" Clink cheers. Fuck. Should we talk about the lyrics first and then? Because this is one that demands its own lyrical analysis. Yeah, let's talk about him. Let's let's talk about him a little bit. Okay, so this is so you're right. It, the the hook and the chorus is uh is rich girl, but the rest of it is a, a, I I hate to use the word original because it comes with this connotation of something you know like homemade and beautiful, right? But <laughs> there are original rap verses that accompany this. Boom, bap, original rap. Yeah, boom, bap, original rap. Um, yeah, so he is talking to the rich girl in this scenario. He says, it feels like we haven't seen each other in years. Why don't you join me for a couple of beers? Clink, Clink cheers! cheers. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. 
Yeah, he says, I seen you on my Facebook profile sending me a message and offering the smiles out. I think those might be likes. Yeah, those are represented by thumbs up, though. Can You You can still smile on, on things, I think. Yeah, Facebook. like a big fat emoji kind of thing? Is that what you're ta- saying? Uh, maybe. But no one uses oh, Facebook anymore, use... am I right? Oh, oh yeah, with well, 2009, am they would have had that technology, Alex. Yeah, that's true. 2009 was a different time. A different they, time. They're leaving at iPhones. I'm surprised it doesn't mention poking in it. Like, <laughs> that's how old it is. It, does it not? They could have rhymed it with something. Choke. Yo. I see you're on Facebook giving me a poke. Is your dad still rich? I think you should choke. Yeah, that would that would change the tone of this song. <laughs> wow, that would be more fun. Uh, he did say he says I like to poke fun. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe mm-hmm. that is a reference to the Facebook poke. Almost certainly not, but... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you gotta make up your own layers of depth in these. Uh, That's usually layers, what we know? do. Uh, so yeah, he's basically like meeting this girl. He hasn't seen her for a while. He's like, "Hey, remember that time we knew each other? You were yeah. rich and just didn't give a shit about anything. You were and studying put, art. Oh, you dropped out. And now you're working in the bar. Line. He's gone too far." Yeah. So he says, "How's your dad doing? Still raking in that dough, huh? You're supposed to laugh. That's a joke, hun. That's a joke, hun." And then he said, "How's his hammer hanging?" <laughs> and- <laughs> You know, that's a joke, hon. But then See, she, actually and then be... she told him uh, all about her dad's dick, and it was weird. Yeah, it'd be funnier if he, like, implied, if he said, yeah, how's your dad's hammer hanging? Still raking in that dough, huh? It'd be like, he's using his hammer as a rake and pulling dough in with it. Right, with his dick. Or yeah. his... Testes? Like, that's at least... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like... That's at least approaching a joke, right? Like, what he has done here is, in a, a light-hearted way, asked if her father is still rich. That's not a joke. That's just, like, pl- like conversation. Yeah. I mean, so they're not very funny. Um, And they have, there's a lot of, like, cheap rhymes. Not that I dislike that, necessarily. But it does mm. seem, there's an awful lot of just, like, rhyming couplets. And, like, in terms of, like, rap, it's not very interesting no the i when you say those cheap raps it brings the to mine it's a uh, verse three by pat who says there ain't no justice in the halls i saw the writing on the wall dad's money gonna back it up back girlfriend that's money dad's just money to back, just it, back, up, back girl. it up girl that's the best part of the song by the way is that dad's money bit that's yeah that could be like a hook i think like it's not bad yeah that, that kind of fucking slaps and then, yeah, and then the following one is, I saw you headed for a fall. I was the one who made the call. Why was, what does that mean, though? Like, Which what, makes it sound like he put in a call to, to kill her. <laughs> yeah, I, I made the call. We had to cut her off. And by it, I yeah. mean, we had to cut off her head because assassination. That's what you do in assassinations, right? Did I tell by the time in uh, grade four, we were really into four square. And, uh, oh, just like dude- we did in grade nine again. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Nine was the callback. Right. So, but one dude paid another guy money to trip me, like while the ball was going, so I couldn't, like, I would get, I would one be on my ass, and two would they would throw the ball into my square and knock me out of the game. Did it work? 
It worked, yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Successfully just, just That's me. that's intense. That's like, wow. That's yeah, like that's some Olympic level throat, shit, right? <laughs> so, yeah, maybe that was the scenario here is what I'm suggesting. Um uh, That's like uh what is it? That's like some like Tanya Harding shit. Oh yeah, what's the I Tanya? That's yeah. the movie. Which I have not seen, but I know the story because who doesn't, right? Yeah. Who doesn't right. have a parent to tell them that story? Um, because I'm not that old yet. <laughs> not yet. You think you're gonna be old enough to have have learned that story yourself? I'm, at some point? I'm never gonna be old enough to have remembered that happened. You're gonna so age I guess twice as fast. You're like I caught up. <laughs> ah shit! I was somehow born several years earlier. <laughs> That's the plot for a terrible sci-fi movie. Time to take up smoking. I don't know, man. <laughs> like, finally, I can get into smoking worry-free. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah. Beyond that, the lyrics are. Uh, it's it's hard to tell if he is like into her or not, or if he is just dunking on her. Right. It does seem like, hey, you like fucked something up, and now you don't have money support because that seems to be what's happened. Like she needs. She's yeah. working at a bar. Or maybe she does have money support and she's still working at a bar. I don't know. Yeah, because um, he says, last time I heard you was in school studying art. So what? You dropped out and now you work in the bar. But I thought you had it had it, had it, it make a make a big house in a car. I, th- I thought you had it made. Like, <laughs> what, the, what that line is supposed to say. Had it, had a big it house make in a, a car. Um, okay. Sorry. Distracted again. No, I'm on board. Um, and then, like, also... Uh, the second verse with Bucky, um, he kind of sounds like, like he's like, he he's more talking about like how he wishes he was rich. Kind of, he's like, well, you're rich. Well, that's what I'm going for. And like, you're already like, now, well, now I'm wealthy thing. and you're not. So like, hey, you, you dad still got you can still go crawling back. Yeah, yeah. She has a safety net. Here's the weird thing. At the top of that verse, he says, "We're together now." But, yeah, like, physically or, or like, relationship-wise? Relationship-wise, because he says we haven't seen each other in days. Actually, that could still be physical. No, because the next line is, I'm on the road trying to make my way okay. Yeah, okay. Way okay. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and he's, like, just talking about, like, having to make this money and how right, they're not he's doing wealthy. it to support her. I didn't catch this the first time we yeah. talked about this. Because so, going at the clubs ain't cheap, and either on the clothes in your back or the shoes in your feet, Because she's going to clubs, he's yeah. now got to pay for her. So he's like, damn, you were used to this lifestyle that you got cut off from, and now I have to provide it for you, and I have to do all this work. Lame. Mm-hmm. Your daddy's so got the dough, is... that's right. Yeah, this is a weird one. So is he trying to get her to reconnect with her father? Is it... Is that the point of this song? So he can get more money, too? Yeah. He sounds like a rich bitch. He does sound like a bit of a rich bitch. So, Pat and Bucky, guys, we just, so it's like, so, okay. So you had, so then he made calls and dad's money gonna, ba- so, like, they do go back to the dad for money? Like, is that the end of this story? Is that they're yeah, like, so shit, it- we couldn't make it, now we need to get more money from daddy. I saw you headed for a fall. I was the one who made the call because they're together. He says, or does he oh, just I'll... break it off? And he's like, well, there ain't no justice in the halls. I don't get my money. So I better just 
So, like, they get back together right. and then break up? Is that this story? So, she blamed him for their financial scenario and even, was like, I'm just going to go back to my dad. Even though... But he saw it coming. Saw the writing mm. on the wall. Well, all right, Town with yep. Webster. So that's Not as song. stupid as I thought, but... But, yeah, I mean, Still at least there's a coherent story. We just didn't yeah. get it. So maybe we're the dumb ones. Impossible, Alex. They don't let dumb people record podcasts. Agreed. So that's this song. There's also a music video, but I don't want to go into too much detail on it this time because uh, we've taken a lot longer on this first part. Have we really? Oh, so much longer. Jesus. Well, we got, we got how many versions left do we have? Like One, okay. two, three. We're Fair like enough. halfway through. Okay, it's a house party. It's, this whole video is as dumb as you would expect. It's a big house party. There's a lot of logo placement from Down with Webster. She texts, she texts Down with Webster on her Down with Webster iPhone to get them. So, I, Sorry, let's back up a little. A, <laughs> a girl's parents, very rich parents, are leaving the house for what we assume is to be a long period of time, but turns out to be like a couple hours. Yeah, but and, like maybe. It doesn't even get dark, I don't think. Or barely. It might get a little dark. A little uh, bit. Stage yeah, lights. Like we might get to sunset, but otherwise. They feed their uh, dog vegan. I think that needs yeah, to be said. That needs so to we're be already uh, not vegan. on their side. So then as soon as the parents leave, she's like, yo, down with Webster, come on down to Party Town. They roll up. Exclusively, it's the 10-man the, the gang of down with Webster. One of them looks like he's there to play basketball. One of them is holding a cake. There's nobody else there. The next shot, there's a billion people there. There's an empty keg in the pool. The secret is that the keg was full of people, and then they released them out into this house party. Right, I forgot Cups about that. not full of liquid. There was uh, never there beer was, in the keg. There was it never was beer always in the people. keg. All of the solo cups are empty. The only liquor they have there is hard liquor and champagne because they play champagne beer pong on a very long table. Um, they pour, it looks like Jack Daniels, we'll call it Jack Daniels, it's bourbon who gives a shit, <laughs> into some, some like, what do you call those, super soakers, and they spray them at each other. Right. Uh, it's very suggestive because they spray them right into, right into the women's mouths. That's right. They do Edward Forty hands, but with champagne bottles as well. Right. The dog is champagne that expensive? Um, if you get, like, real champagne, I think, isn't, yeah. Isn't that true of, like, any liquor? Yeah, pretty much. If you get yeah. the expensive kind, it's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and then there's one point where someone just, like, starts making out with the drummer, who's the basketball guy. That's right. And he also drums on the empty bottles and shit. Also, the, like, this, the help is there, like, the maids and stuff, and they're just chill with this party going down. I just, they're, they're under threat of death, I think. Uh, yeah, probably. There is a bounce castle there is a down with webster banner in the back they play suck and blow with a dollar the clink sound effect that is in the song plays when they hit plastic solo cups together which drives <laughs> me mad um this is basically the movie project x but in like a, a three minute music video the turntable has the down with webster logo on it um i put down suck and blow with dollar bill twice for some reason they tp the place hmm, maybe uh, it's a hundred dollar bill you can't yeah, tell maybe. it's american money Wait, it's American True. Money? That's a Canadian band. Yeah, hang on a second. Hang on. Hang on. What's going on here? If they could have used Fucking a brown Canadian $100 bill, and we would have got it. Yeah, and it's got an old man on it. The old man's money. Literally the old man's money. I mean, there's probably an old man on both of them. But that's probably, beside the point. I think, I think the Canadian guy was older than the Canadian money. Yeah. I don't know. The parents return. The mom gets furious. I think the dad falls in the pool, and then she assaults her daughter, and then the, they the both pool? fall into the pool. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, a down with Webster chain falls to the bottom of the pool, kind of like the one ring after Smeagol kills his best friend or whatever. Yeah. And same then energy. The dog is is licking licking a, a puddle of booze or piss or something at the end, and that is the music video. That's the music video. We it's a big party. When I started that, that took, <laughs> took like three minutes to describe. We could have just watched the music video. I know, right? Yep, and that's it. All right, this is this is the party jam 2019 though. That's down with Webster. Let's move on. The Bird and the Bee, all lowercase, 2010. The indie pop duo from Los Angeles. Can you tell me about these people, Alex? I can tell you that Daryl Hall likes this version. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention that about Down with Webster. Allegedly, according to the drummer, um, yeah, Andrew Marty Martino, uh, he said that Hall and Oates gave the song, quote, a thumbs up. Which, context yeah, of that, we'll an awkward know. thumbs up. An awkward thumbs up across the room. So they're like, hey, Hall and Oates. And they were like, ah, oh, someone's calling us Hollow Notes again. We covered Rich Girl. We covered Rich Girl. And they were like, hey. And just gave them an awkward thumbs up with like an awkward smile. And they were like, yeah, they approve. <laughs> we got it, boys. So we, we assume that. that's what we have to assume. That's what happened. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. But in this scenario, Daryl Hall specifically said that the bird and the bee did a good cover. Like someone's like, yeah, hey, you like some covers of that? And they was like, yeah, the bird and the bee are a pretty good one. He's like, cool. 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 So this is an entire uh, yeah. album of Hollow Notes covers. That's right. And uh, it's all like synthesizery and kind of like chill. Yeah, this is a very uh, synth pop, possibly chill wave. Possibly, uh, although as we learned last week, chill wave is maybe like not a nice thing to call something. Yeah, it's like semi-derogatory. Yeah. So in the best possible way, it's got a bit of a, bit of a chill feeling to it. Mm-hmm. So these people, these two, I never heard of them until we talked about this cover, but they've won seven Grammys, and they've worked with Sia, Adele, Beck, Kendrick Lamar, and the Foo Fighters. They've been around since 2006. So Nara George is the bird, and Greg Kirsten is the bee. The bee. So is the, um, have they won Grammys as the, as the bird and the bee, or as, like, producers, or something like that? Because it said they've worked with those artists. But, like, is it those artists' Grammys that they yeah, are I kind guess. of grouped that in with because they worked on the song? Let me see. I'm going to their page. And seven time Grammy award winning producer and multi instrumentalist. So, yeah, producer is in there. Oh, yeah. wait. And that specifically refers to Greg Kirsten. 
so he's the like producer who's worked with people and this yes. is his kind of project with whatever her name was the, uh, the bird George. the bird the bird the and bird. they're not married to each other but their band name's about fucking and i think that's suspicious mm. tell me about all the all the synth stuff happening here alex right there's a lot of it um i don't i don't know what's going on entirely but it's it's got some good good sounds um there's like one that's kind of doing the the bass part and it's like got this like crackly filtered sound it's kind of going and there's a few other mm-hmm. things there's like a blip, 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 blip. you know what i'm talking about it's kind uh, of yeah, almost twinkly yeah. um and that kind of goes plays throughout the first chorus um as as the bird comes in and does some singing and then after that sorry i need a, voice a refresher Alex. That's when like the the rhythm comes in and there's sort of a drum machine and like some clappy sounds and stuff. Once they get into the to the don't you know don't you know bit, uh, there's kind of this like ringing, ringing synthesizer that has a really like, uh, like bell almost or like tubular bell sound of like dung dung dung, but it's like higher than that. Uh, that kind of plays mm. throughout that. And there's another one that there's like kind of oh yeah like a you know like a there's a lot of stuff and apparently i don't have the right words to describe all of them yeah so a lot of like ambient synth noises that just kind of have like a a jingle or a riff they play and those yeah. are kind of interspersed throughout yes and, and like then... the vocals st- along with those synthesizers everything is like fairly low energy like a lot of the high end is filtered out they're not super like bright sounding but they're still they still are kind of like they're sharp enough. There's no like really sharp sounds. But uh yeah, like even like possibly. a lot of the synths are very rounded. I've actually used the term fluffy to describe the main synth. Yeah. And, and like the uh, yeah. The sharpest thing is like around 124 like a kind of buzzy synthesizer comes in. But it's fairly low in the mix. And it kind of has like a yeah, bzz, I hear that. Bzz, and I assume that's the beat. That makes sense. I mean, of course it's the B, because I think he did all the production on this, but right, that's, that, that must be sense. the B synth. Yeah, so it's a very, uh, like, it's a very low-down version. Like like you said, not a lot of high, high-end, but mm-hmm. it is, uh, it's kind of complex. It's got a lot of different moving parts that kind of play small roles. Yeah, there's a lot of synthesizers in production and stuff that are kind of making this, like, this whole arrangement of, of a lot of synthesizers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like this one. Should we talk about Lake Street Dive? Let's talk about Lake Street Dive. In 2012, this is a multi-genre band from Boston, Massachusetts. They're named after a street with many dive bars in Minneapolis. Mmm. As we call it. Yeah. Nope, just kidding. That's Minnesota. The name of that Um, street? Probably Lake Street, but I don't know. We'll never know. I don't know. Do you know? Probably Lake Street. I don't. So we scoffed at this band the first time we talked about them, because they called themselves a multi-genre band. Right, and we're like, multi-genre, please. And, like, throughout talking about them, we are like, and this part's kind of jazzy, and this part's a little more, like, pop, and this part's, like, yeah, like, like maybe we, a little funk, and then we're like, shit, they're multi-genre. 
<laughs> so the initial idea for this band in 2004 was to create a free country band, as in country music played free. This concept was abandoned in favor of something that, quote, actually sounded good, according to Mike Olson, one of the band members. Which I can get behind that. Yeah. The problem was they didn't have enough genres. Yeah, that's a problem. Free country, not enough genres in there. There's one, maybe two, if you count the word free. But Yeah. So this, this has, sorry, like a jazzy piano off the top, right? Yeah, right off the top. There's like some chimey sounds too, to go along with it, and even like a little yeah. trumpet. That's right. So that's kind of the intro, and oh, this vocals also come in right away, just like in the yes. original. Um, so that's feeling a little, little maybe jazzy, and then once they get into like the main part of the song, they like do the build up, you know, some like drum roll instead of the X. Yeah. He's still getting that trumpet. She sings a little higher. I think I, I really like the singer on this one too. She does a pretty good Oh good yeah. job. She she does the thing on that on that intro. She splits no into two distinct syllables. No oh. Aren't you no oh And of course we have like like the electric piano's like still doing its thing. Oh, now there's an electric piano now. I don't think it was there before. Yeah. Um so there's an electric piano now. It's doing its like kinda like subdued jazzy thing doing it's like big chords and whatever um and then the bass is like pretty funky now yeah it's a stand-up bass too i believe let me listen you can hear on this one i noticed it in particular you can hear this like very organic string noise uh whereabouts is that um let me see Go to round 108. Okay, I'm just about there. Oh, like from the bass. Yeah. And you hear the like, kind of like, the, you can hear yeah, like the string vibrating. Like, yeah. 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 So it definitely has that upright sound. Mm-hmm. That's very identifiable, especially in that But time. you're right. It is a very funk styled bass line. It's not your typical stand up. That uh, I wouldn't expect funk to be played on a stand-up bass, but I, I don't know how common that would be. I don't mm-hmm. know much about funk music. Yeah, I'm not too sure. I would still expect funk to be on electric bass. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, there's there's a piano that's being pretty, like, pop with its uh, kind of straight chords. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's the sort of, like, multi-genre thing, I guess, and they do a pretty decent job of that. They even throw a trumpet yeah. solo in. That's right, and it sounds good. Like it's not, it's not weird. It's it just sounds good. Yeah, they've got some pretty solid like mixing on there too. I think. Mm-hmm. It's good. It sounds think, good. Sounds good. Yeah, I think part of me is just charmed by the quote about them abandoning their original project for yeah. something that sounded good. I They're feel like, like that takes a lot of humility to be like, this doesn't fucking work. We need to do something else. We tried. Didn't work. Sorry. But not really. Not really. And this does work, I think. I think yeah. so. She and does uh, say on one point there's a small lyric change. She says, so it'd be like, you can rely on the old man's money. You can rely on the old man, honey. Oh, they don't say that in the original? Mm, I don't think so. Do they? I feel like that maybe happens in another version, but I don't see it in the... Oh, wait. Yeah, it doesn't come up in the lyrics for the original. 
Well, I'll believe that. Well, it's, it seems like a natural thing to do, though, right? Yeah, like, it's a, it's a good rhyme. It, it's a, it makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I like oh, this. Oh, yeah, she cuts loose at the end of this one. She too, does. On the vocals. There's a lot of, like, vocal ad-libbing, and she does kind of, like, a higher... She has, like, a higher energy singing without making it, like, super loud, which is always impressive. Yeah, that's a, that's a hard technique to pull off. And, uh, uh yeah. mm-hmm, yep, I mean, that's, that's that song in a nutshell, and I, that's Lake I dig this dive, baby. That's Let's Lake dive, dive in to Tim Timebomb. Cause you're a rich girl, and you're going too far, cause you know it don't matter anyway. You could rely on the old man's money, you could rely on the old man's money, it's a bitch girl, and it's going too far. 2013, who we previously talked about on the summer of 69. And we really liked his version. We thought yeah. it took a song that was like a little punky and made it like better punky. In yeah, really ways. brought that to the forefront and made this just very cool piece. This is Tim. He was from he was in Rancid, Rancid, which was I believe a hardcore band. Um, I think they're. Just, I started listening to some of their music. Some of it's kind of poppy for. It's, I think so. I think they're just punk, like general. Okay. Yeah, I'm. That's the thing too. I think, like, the the interplay between, like, punk and pop punk and hardcore can be a little bit, uh, like, melodic hardcore can be a little bit, well, I don't understand it very well, at least. Here's, so their genres, according to uh, Wikipedia, are punk rock, ska punk, street punk, and pop punk. Okay. Street punk is uh, an urban working class-based subgenre of hardcore punk inspired by a new wave of British heavy metal. I just think, I mean, like, I don't know what the interplay is because there's a lot of, like, groups that I haven't listened to and there's a lot of music I haven't listened to and, and like, timelines I don't know and things like that. So I think there is yeah, a lot of intermingling between those things that I just don't understand. Well, particularly uh, uh, Rancid was formed in 1991. So your big genres in music then, it's particularly in punk, are pop punk and like ska punk, right? Ska bands were huge in the nineties. Okay. Okay. So they were they were very much an element of their era. So but, yeah, almost... I would agree that his voice certainly lends itself to the more hardcore street punk style. Yeah, for sure. Definitely he doesn't sound pop punky. No, That's not at for all. Sure. He, he doesn't sound like Blink one eighty two or like system of a down or anything or it's very for soup yeah super super like gruff rough mm -hmm. vocals like um, i said i think in summer of 69 he kind of reminds me of lou reed yeah that like almost like spoken yeah just all, kind of by necessity well not necessarily by necessity in this case maybe maybe yeah i'm not sure he has the range of uh Daryl hall i'm not sure he could hit that high register no, but I mean, I don't think that um, some of the high notes even Daryl Hall sings like live. So that's right. Yeah, particularly not these days. That'd be tough to do every night for a whole tour. So no kidding. Yeah, this is definitely a more like rock and roll sounding one, I guess, going into punk and stuff. Um, yeah, it's much harder sounding than Everclear's version. For sure. Much more like, yeah, that hard, I guess, street punk, as you said, than, than pop mm -hmm. punk sound. Just going for like the rock and like distorted guitars, 
and like driving bass line. Yeah. Just leading that me really through the song. steely bass too, like a very heavy metal. I mean literally metal, not genre metal tone <laughs> on the on the strings. They made them out of lead and mercury. <laughs> heavy metals. They make your fingers blue because of the lead poisoning. Ah, uh, yeah, that's how you know it's quality lead poisoning. Oh yeah. So yeah, it's this one is a very much based in in driving guitar and a driving bass line, and uh, again his vocals just bring out that punk element so strongly. Right, right, and we also uh, I forgot about this, and I'm remembering now because of my note. Um, both Lake Street Dive and Tim Timebomb have like a bit of a I think it was like a Boston accent that we noticed, and they're yeah. both I think from Boston, so that was fun. They both, yeah. they're like quite different in their vocal stylings, but the way they say gone too far, like has some similarities. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, that's gone right. Gone too far, like kind of sounds. Gone too far. That's fun. Yeah, that's fucking great. And he does, I always like his little vocal improvisations, even if they're small. And this one he shouts out no at some point. I can't even remember where. Oh. It might be just after the intro, I think. I mean, that's definitely part of the song when he says, don't you know? Nobody's saying no. Is no, it is. It's right at like 21 seconds in. Yeah. 20, 21 seconds. No! So yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, just a good punk version. Just yeah. really what this one is. Kinda, I kind of have this similar feelings about uh, uh, Summer of 69 in that it's just like a more defiant punk sounding version in a similar mm-hmm. way. And, uh, yeah, I think it excels in that. It's a fun version to listen to. Let's yeah. talk about Gem featuring Alaskia. You're a rich girl, and you're going too far, because you know it don't matter anyway. Well, you can rely on the old man's money. You can rely on the old man's money. It's a bitch girl, but you're going too far, because you know it don't matter. You're 2017. Yes, and I have to include the same disclaimer I had last time. Gem is not the Chinese artist. G-E-M, which stands for Get Everybody Moving. Jem is a, an Australian artist. Yep. Um, an Australian DJ and producer. Uh, if you go to their website, there's like a shot of them and some just some dude. I don't know who he is. I couldn't figure out who he was. Some guy. It's Jem, and then he was just like standing in, in the shots as well of these promo, promo shoots. Right. Yeah, I remember these. And then in uh, Alaska is basically just your classic vocalist for hire, I think. And she is also Australian. Quotas, in a wave of electronic pop, Alaska elicits raw emotion rarely heard in a young emerging artist. Yeah, that sounds like something that, uh, you know, her media team wrote. Yeah, it sounds like marketing copy if yeah. I've ever seen it. And yeah. I would expect you to be very familiar with it. Uh, definitely in my chosen career. <laughs> So, and the other thing is with Jim. Yeah. Um, Riding in a Stutz Bear Cat, if I recall, right? <laughs> yes, a Stutz Bear Cat. Jim. Um, and with Jim, uh, her website compared her to other artists who also have all caps names. Wet and oh, yeah. Banks. So I don't know who they are, but uh, if they have all caps, I have to assume they're similar to Jim. I would imagine so. So this is from her album, The 2070s, which covers uh, 70 songs in a synth-pop style. It sure does. And this is sure definitely does. a song from the 70s. <laughs> she got that much right. So, uh, 2070s, yeah. I guess trying to make it sound futuristic. 
but I gotta say, it doesn't sound futuristic. It sounds pretty modern to me. Yeah, it sounds naturistic. Naturistic, yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, it's got like some trap drum stuff going on with the like repeated. That's right. Um, yeah. Retriggered uh, percussive hits. Um, and yeah, I guess all the production comes from Jam, and the singing comes from Elaskia. That's right. And so, like so, I think yeah. one of my favorite things that this version does is the uh the repetition of certain lines where it does the sort of like break section where it's just her repeating get you too far <laughs> get you too far and then like all the sort of synth kind of clears out and it's just like get you too far, far, far right it's got that electronic sound of like almost a sample of like repeating lines but it's actually an Australian vocalist probably cheaper to do it that way honestly yeah. Probably, in some yeah. cases. Um, let's see. Oh, there's another part. Okay, we talked about this last time. I don't know if we ever um, resolved this. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to bring it up again, and I hope it doesn't take another, like, six minutes. Uh, let me find Okay, so on the first Don't You Know, that's, like, 20 seconds in, the music, the, the, the synthesizer takes, like, an extra, like, fraction of a beat to come in as she says, don't you know, compared to when it happens later. Yeah, you're right. I think we disputed we, this last I time. I couldn't remember if we ever came to, a, to a, a consensus or not. I think I silently agreed, but decided to not let you have the win. Sweet. That's probably what happened. Awesome. But no, I agree with you. There is like a split second difference. It's the same instrumentation, but the timing is just... Yeah, just a hair later. And like, it doesn't yeah. happen later on either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one's uh, it's a. I'd say the production value is good. They do what they set out to do. Um, but it question. does fall into that sort of uh, I, I hesitate to use the word soulless, but uh, I like bubblegum. It's like bubblegum synth pop. It was. It feels right. produced. You know, right. it feels market produced. It does. It doesn't. Yeah, I. It's certainly not my cup of tea. You know, there's a. Uh... That I it it's it it's straightforward for me, but it's also not like a genre that I seek out. So there's a lot of songs where I'm like, yeah, it's some good straightforward rock and roll. Whereas now I'm like, eh, it's just some straightforward electronic dance music. Like, so yeah. it's not really fair, but it's, I'm not super into it. Yeah, and that said, like if this came on when I if I was out and about, I'd be like, oh fuck yeah, rich girl. Yeah, all right. What's this dance, rich girl? Right sure. on. Yeah. Plus, I always get excited. It's it's so unfair for me to say it because I get excited every time I hear a cover we've talked about out in the wild. I know, right? Like I always hear it's the great. Jonas Blue uh, fast car version. Really? Yeah. Huh. I've never hit that in the wild. Although I will say this: there's a lot of songs that have chord progressions that sound like fast car. Oh, like every song. Yeah. And um. Yeah, I think I think that's all I got. All right, let's go with our final cover, Pomp La Moose in 2018. You're a rich girl, and you've gone too far, because you know it don't matter anyway. You can rely on the old man's money. You can rely on the old man's money. It's a rich girl, and it's gone too far, because you know it don't Fucking Pomp La Moose. Everything you know about Pomp La Moose. All right, so I don't know a lot about Pomp La Moose other than grapefruits, but here's the big thing about this version. And that is, it's Jack Conti once again, who we saw in Scary Pockets, 
previously. He's the right. guy who like co-founded Patreon. So this instrumentalist, instrumentalist, musician slash um what's the word? Entrepreneur, Entrepreneur? guy, yeah. Jack Conti, doing his thing, playing this song now. And he does a lot of these. Mm-hmm. Also, the other half of Pomp Lamoose is Natalie Dawn, who is Jack Conti's wife. That's right. This is his project with his wife. That is correct. Which is, that is not Scary Pockets. And you had a story about Scary Pockets, right? That is correct. So my most recent job that I have acquired and have been working for a week is uh, I, Scary Pockets came up in the interview just because I was talking about this podcast as one of the things I do in my spare time. Because you know, they try to get to know you in job interviews after they've determined that you can do the job. They do. It's like, tell, tell us a bit about you. I'm like, uh, I want to fucking die. And they're like, no, something else. I'm like, okay. Oh, we so love that them, millennial humor. <laughs> you got to bring the good energy. They're not going to say that. They're not no. going to talk about energy. What are they, millennials? What are they, millennials? Well, it's, I'm in the marketing department, so it's all about energy. <laughs> it's, uh, but yeah, so I, I was like, yeah, I do a podcast where we talk about covers. And she was like, oh, you know, uh, and she was like, what'd you do last week? And I was like, oh, it was uh, Crazy by Gnarls Barkley. Which and is no like, longer true because this is a second recording. But at the time, it was right after that. Exactly. And I was like, well, and she's like, oh, you know, Danielle D'Andrea does. And I was like, she does a version of Crazy with scary pockets and then she's like oh i love scary pockets i was like that's weird because i've never heard of them until <laughs> like a week ago it's the business world man business yeah. people know business people he probably knows yeah. jack conti probably game game you know yeah it's marketing man business man. baby business baby pomplamoose this version it's fine. It's it's got that funk element that Scary Pockets has as well. It's a very staccato e piano doing the sort of the same intro as the original, right? That dun dun. Yes. Bump, bump. Yeah, it definitely fits that, and I think that's Jack who plays that organ, or it's like a Rhodes organ or something. Right. Yeah. And then someone else playing that like funky muted guitar, so it's kind of got that like same funky muted guitar led sound that you get from these like play funk in a room and record it sort of situation right yeah you mentioned this on crazy but the setup is yeah. very much just like in a house yeah a like they, they always have these videos where like you can see that they're just like in a room with a bunch of people and they're like that's the take they don't always That's say right. That. I remember Sometimes. looking at the video for this, and this feels like it should have been done by about four people. Yeah. And there's like eight in that room with them. Oh, shit. I don't remember this video. It's, there's a, quite a few of them in there if you look it up. It's like three backup vocalists, I want to say. Well, um, a, little, a little preview for, a, I think, future episode. Um, we're going to cover Scary Pockets again, and it is going to be a small group of people in a room. It, that is true. So that will be a, a future episode. So um, we so won't we give got, it away yet. But uh, what, what's that? What's going on? Sorry, that was me listening to a YouTube ad. Um, <laughs> yes. So, so they're actually in a recording booth by the looks of this video. Yeah. And there is. Jesus Christ, that's loud. Uh, there is a a drummer in a separate room. 
and then there is one, two, three, four, five, six. So seven people total. Oh damn! To record yeah. this track, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't sound like that many people. But there's kind of like a bell sound. So maybe they need a person to play a bell. I will be honest with you. I don't see a single fucking person with a bell in this video. Maybe when I said bell, I was thinking jingle bells. But maybe it's a tambourine. Oh, I do hear a tambourine. But here's yeah. the other thing. I don't see unless this guy's head is covering the second backup singer. He's wearing a crown of tambourine. He's wearing a crown of tambourines? No, Alex. Are you crazy? I agree that it doesn't sound like seven people. Yeah. There's not even like backup vocals or anything, right? Yeah. Oh, a little but bit. There must but be, it sounds like it's her doing the backup vocals. Could be. Yeah, different. it really does. Anyway, so this is pretty similar structurally. Uh, they got that that jazz organ or or Rhodes organ like funky muted guitar sound, um, yeah. and I thought I had more to add to that, but I actually don't. It turns out. Yeah, it's uh, well, like this is pretty sparse. Yeah, the other for... thing I noticed about this one is she says ease like the e on easy really strongly instead of like a lot of them kind of say easy. Oh yeah. So easy. But she says Yeah, they put that stank on it. So, you know, it's just a different it's a different vowel sound and that doesn't really mean anything. But it is. It means nothing, Alex. Meaningless. Speaking of meaningless, meaningless. can you hear me rub my beard on my uh pop filter? I mean, I heard something. Is it this? Can you hear this? Hang on, let me pause my music here. Okay. Go again. I heard, like, the initial contact, I think, but beyond that, no. Okay, cool, that's good. Probably. Cool. Um, yeah, that's the final song. So now we're going to get into our, our final reviews, our final remarks on it. Yes. We have three categories today. The first category is worst song. The second category is best song. The third category is richest song? Does that sound right? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Let's do All that. Right. Okay. What's the worst version of this, Alex? Um, I think I think we were um I think we agreed on this one last time. Am I correct? Mm -hmm. In saying that we like both said down with Webster? Because I still feel like that is the worst version of this song. Um, you know what? It came down to two. I, I might have thrown out Everclear because I don't love that version, but I feel like yeah. I've softened on it since then. Yeah, I still hate Down with Webster's version. And you know, honestly, right. I I completely forgot about Gems' version, so I I don't I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't mind that one's Gems fine. Version yeah, I, I don't dislike it really. Um, yeah, fuck it, fuck Down with Webster and that <laughs> stupid version about trying to date a rich girl or trying to. Trying to fucking have a house party. It is have a house party. Fuck them. It's too. It's write your own song, guys. <laughs> There's ten of you. There's ten dudes in this band. <laughs> write your own fucking song. Okay, so worst song. Down with Webster. Yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna start a a protest group called Down with Down with Webster. Down with Down with Webster. We call it Up with Webster sometimes if we're strapped for time. That's right. Double negative. <laughs> So, and what's the best version of this, Alex? Um, what is the best version of this? That's a good question. Um, I, I did last really time like we agreed on the bird and the bee. The bird and the bee is the best. That's what we agreed on last time. I feel like my opinion may have changed though, so I'm d I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Okay, yeah, because I mean I don't normally stick with a favorite that, like I mean it's what I feel like right now, but mm -hmm. 
It's rarely that all-encompassing. I mean, no. I mean, I don't know. Am I just drawing the... Is this a glimpse behind... Is this a, a glimpse behind the curtain? Is this bad? Yeah, are we... Are we Am I alienating viewers the, by saying that I... Whatever the saying goes. By not standing behind everything I say? Alex, a majority of our viewers, or listeners rather, are never going to hear this episode because they exclusively listen to the Linkin Park episode. Just repeatedly. Okay, yep. And use it to launder money. Somehow. The idea of these recommendations, of these these categories, is more to put people, push people in a certain direction, though, right? Yeah, and let, not, yeah, let's like let's I expect us to be held to these standards for years to come. Yeah, let's talk about it. Just just join the conversation. Yeah, um, join the conversation. Join the conversation. Hashtag Cover Me Pod on Twitter at yeah. Jake the Cressy or at some Alex Wise Guy, or send us an email at CoverMePod at Gmail dot com. That's C O V E R M E P O D at Gmail dot com. Yeah. Alex, so I mean, what's the best version of this. What is the best version of this? Listening to it again, I I kind of like like really liked the Lake Street Dive version. Just coming through a second time, you know, a second pass. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I really enjoyed 100%. listening to that one. And so, it's like I do like the bird and the bee. It is it is rich in its synth pop stylings. It's what? Sorry, rich. Oh, Are we? Shit. Have we just given away our our choice for the for the last category? Fuck, maybe I didn't even think about that. But yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah, Lake Street Dive somehow delivers on the ludicrous promise of a multi genre band. Yeah, and makes it work. And they have these 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 great instruments coming in and out. They got a trumpet that works. They got the the the, the stand up bass doing a funk bass line. They got a good singer who. Who knows how to chew the scenery a little bit, but not too much, you know? Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. all these good parts come together and make a very strong version of Rich Girl. Yeah. Yeah. So way to go, LSD. Mm. <laughs> oh, shit. Do you think their name's about LSD? <laughs> like drugs, man? Oh, what? What? This guy's oh, crazy. Oh man. They must have been like so high when they made that name, bro. <laughs> Oh, and then they dove down, man. They dove on the lake street. So the richest version of the this richest Alex? version. Actually, I was going to say um, the bird and the bee because of the the rich production. Yeah, um, yeah, that was my plan. And and uh, <laughs> was that your plan? <laughs> yeah, it's. I actually did. I was. I was going into it blind, but that seems like the most likely choice. <laughs> I'd say uh, uh, Michelle and Vittorio Birgit or Marshall and Alexander, whoever it may be, also has a fairly rich, rich That's assortment true. of instruments and things coming yeah. on there. Yeah, it's got a bit like it's like we kind of compared it to that like classical, like not opera, but like maybe a little bit um, mm -hmm. sound, which is I would associate that with rich people too. So. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's, you know what? I'm going to give it to them if you're going to give it to the bird and the bee. All right, sounds good. And then we won't be unanimous on all three categories. Exactly. That's, right on. We're stopping them from diversify. Oh, we I had a name think. for what we went all unanimous. It was like the, uh, the the ladder club. It had something. It was a weird reference to some other song in that episode. It doesn't matter. <laughs> What's important is it join the ladder again. club. Hashtag ladder club. Yeah. Hashtag ladder club. So they were close. <laughs> so they're they're this a rich girl is in the adjacent to the ladder club. Um. <laughs> Time for a bonus. That was our final segment. If you it agree was. with us or disagree with us on the uh, on the things we've said, 
talk to us on Twitter, hashtag CoverMePod, at Jake McCressy, J-A-K-E-T-H-E-C-R-E-S-S-Y, because I gotta, or at some Alex Wise guy. <laughs> um, again, hit us at the email address, CoverMePod at gmail.com, and we will answer your questions, comments, concerns, reviews, live on the air. Um, tell us why you guys like Linkin Park so much. I'm curious. I'd like to know. I would really like to know. would really like to know. Tell us about what it's like liking Lincoln Park in India. That's I'm, I'm, I would love to find that out. And time for our quick bonus segment, which we did the last time we recorded this. I've revamped it yet again. It's Battle of the Band. This time, it's still Daryl Hall versus John Oates. But instead of doing three categories, we're going to do one category from an Olympic event. And that event is the shot put. Oh, so this isn't them fighting. Because last time we said if they fought, they, the, I said they neither it would, would be have a an advantage. Draw, yeah. It would be an entire like wild card match. Exactly. So now they're competing in Olympic sports events, and so, this is the, the shot put. Okay, so they're, they're doing the shot put. They're putting shots where they want to. Yeah. Uh, who can shot put better? That's a good question. Let's take a look at some album artwork and see if, uh, <laughs> see if we can see some muscles. <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see all right come on shirtless hollow notes give it to me mm, i'm not seeing shirtless hollow notes okay and they're so Boards. they're both so gentle looking on a lot of these album covers they are all right bigger than the both of us you can see you can see uh john's arms but it's very mm-hmm. zoomed out hmm i've always imagined uh john oates as being the stronger of the two. Well, yeah. If if you look at the uh, the album artwork for H two O in 1982, it's just them staring each other down, and I feel like John Oates has more presence in that album cover. He's he looks like he's got a little bit lower stance, um, and I feel mm-hmm. like you know you got to do that crouch thing for for shot put. I yeah. feel like he could really get down and and do that. So I I think I got to give it to John Oates. I'm really leaning towards. Him. Also, on the H2O album artwork, Daryl Hall kind of looks like Ewan McGregor. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So. I'll give you that. How about that? Yeah, John Oates. You're right. He's got that stamp. You know what? I'm looking at Daryl Hall and John Oates from 1975. John Oates looks like a fucking maniac on it. He looks like he could shot put. He looks like he could put that <laughs> shot. He looks like he could put fucking shots. Damn. Yeah. It's, I think, because I think if it was a musical competition, I think Daryl Hall would win um, he's got more friends i think he's got more friends to play music with and i yeah. think that might be his ultimate advantage but when it comes to the shot put which is really what it comes down to for most musicians it's, of course it's got to go to john oates yeah so that's been our battle of the band segment where john oates won at shot put if you guys have a same or different <laughs> opinion and want to tell us about it or you want a different event for them to compete in, just hit us up. Hashtag Battle of the Band. Yeah, it, honestly, if Twitter. it was Discus, I would have said Daryl Hall. Yeah, that's because that's just ultimate Frisbee, and that's a white man's sport. <laughs> They're both white. <laughs> Are they? John Oates is like... John Oates, he's like Italian or something. Like Okay. He's yeah. like a bit like a darker, like olive. I don't know. Is that what that I think means? we had this exact no conversation before. We have, because I had a co-worker told me that John Oates was black, and I was like, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound right. Yeah, his mother, Anza Palma, was an Italian immigrant, and his father, Al Oates, was born to an English father and G- Gibraltarian mother. Gibraltar, eh? Yeah. I think that's kind of like Spanish. like Moorish heritage. Either yeah. southern, I don't know if that would be like southern Spanish or like north 
African. Could be. Yeah, so it's it's by the it's at the entrance to the Mediterranean Sea. Yeah. And his so, mother claimed Moorish heritage, which uh specifically which refers would be like, to yeah. Like uh, I mean Moors were like was it Arabs in Yeah, in the... so it says Muslim inhabitants yeah. of the Maghreb, the Iberian Peninsula, Sicily, and Malta during the Middle Ages. Right. Okay. All right. All right. So he's okay. So I mean, looking at the two of them, one of them is clearly whiter. Yeah. Just like in terms of appearance. That is <laughs> Absolutely. true. Absolutely. You can it's di- very difficult to argue that. And like again, like we usually do a fist fight for this category, but and like I think Daryl Hall is taller than John Oates. I think so. so. We'd have I the think advantage there, but when it's just down yeah. to raw physical capabilities and a shot put, I don't know, bro. Yeah, he's got a solid base. Hell yeah. Does he play bass? Because that'd have been a good joke. Um, I'm like trying to. Re- I'm t- like, let's look at. No, well, he's playing the guitar here. I well, feel yeah, like we well, he, know he Scott play Edwards bass. plays bass. Oh, that's right. Unless it's the song "I Will Survive," of course. <laughs> Fight us, Scott Edwards. Yeah, fuck you, Scott Edwards. Um, <laughs> no, nah, you're chill. We want. I actually would. I do want to call him and talk to him about how that fucking confusion can happen. Yeah, but that's a story for another time. We're just about to hit the two-hour mark. That's been our episode of Covering Me. Be sure to follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or your favorite podcasting app. Leave us a review, tell your friends about us, talk to us on Twitter, send us an email. And as we always say on Cover Me, if you can't cover them, cover me, baby.